Welcome to The Rounds, a podcast of Marshfield Clinic Health System. I'm your host, Adam Hocking. The Rounds brings together medical experts to discuss fresh, fascinating, and important topics from the world of healthcare. Whether overseas or right here in the United States, research has shown that making midwives a central part of the care team equals better health outcomes for moms and babies alike. Still, Americans have not been as quick as some other countries to embrace midwifery. What are midwives? What makes their approach to patient care different from a doctor? And why are people experiencing such good outcomes in the care of midwives? We'll explore those questions and more today with our guest, Katie Van Dries. Katie is a certified nurse midwife at Marshfield Medical Center, Eau Claire. You won't want to miss Katie's touching personal story about why she became a midwife or her insights about why this approach to care works so well. So Katie Van Dries, thank you so much for joining us on the rounds today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Excellent. So we'll we'll start kind of simply, and I think people have an idea of, of what a midwife is, but can you kind of give us a working explanation of what it is that you do and, and what a midwife really is? Yeah. Um, you know, my husband always introduces me as a nurse practitioner, <laughs> and I think that that's the simplest way to put it, but I always correct him because I don't like it because then it doesn't help describe what I actually do. So I'm a certified nurse midwife. So essentially, I'm a nurse who went back and got her master's degree, um, and uh, you specialize in midwifery. And what that means is when I'm in the clinic, I see women for birth control, well women exams, we do different procedures, um, all of your normal health screenings, um, And then, of course, we do obstetrics. Um, So we see people in their um, reproductive years for trying to get pregnant, um, postpartum. Uh, We follow women across the lifespan, really. So it's really nice when we're able to see someone become pregnant, postpartum. We follow up with all of their physicals, and then we see people into their menopausal years. So in my role as a nurse midwife, um, I get to do, I get a little bit of the best of both worlds. So I get some clinic time where I get to know my patients um, and build my own practice. I definitely have physicals that I see every year now, which is really fun. And then I also get to have my call time. So I'm in the hospital. Um, We get to have 24-hour call shifts. I say it's we get to. It's definitely a privilege and a and a struggle sometimes. Um, but we start at 8.30 in the morning. We go to 8.30 the next morning, and whatever happens in between happens. Um, and it's nice to have a balance of both because um, sometimes you get sick of, like, you know, just being stuck in the clinic, and you just need a birth to pump you up and kind of keep you rolling. So, yeah, we get to do a lot of fun things. And how does it differ um – if my wife and I were to come and establish care with you, how does that differ from maybe the more traditional setup that people are 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 maybe more customarily used to, which is um, you know setting up with a with a pediatrician and then an uh, an OB? So it's unique to the Eau Claire Center that we have nurse midwives, and in our department, once you're pregnant, you typically see either a nurse. Pre- practitioner or one of the nurse midwives for your first OB visit. That doesn't necessarily mean you have to stay with us. Um, We 
pretty much do your complete history. We do a lot of teaching. And then we kind of introduce you to the OB practice and the CNM practice, and you absolutely get your choice of what you want to do. We actually have most of our patients um, stay with us. Most of them aren't high risk enough that they have to go see an OB. Um, and a lot of them want to stay with us once they meet us because we do so much education and they already feel like they get to know you really well during that first visit. Um, we do um, strive for low-cost, effective care. Um, so we don't do ultrasounds every visit. Um, we definitely have our trusty Doppler with us all the time. Um, and that's probably the biggest difference. I always tell people, you know, we are nurses at heart. And what that means is that education is at our forefront. So your visits get to be a little bit longer. You get to just learn more about yourself in this awesome time. We really love to, you know, it, it's not just with first-time moms, but with, you know, whether it's your second or your third, we just really love to have that education piece there and remind people that this is the best, that's, this could be a very, very impactful time in their life. I mean, having your first baby can set you up for the rest of your life. I mean, I don't know if there's anything more impactful than teaching a woman to be confident in herself and learn about herself and then have her first or second child and, and feel like, I can do this. I'm going to go home with this baby. I may not know what to do, but I can do this. And they get that from learning about trust and um, all of the education that we provide through that time. Um, so I think that just sets women up to just be successful in life. Um, so I think what we do is really important. So that education piece to you is really about empowerment, about not only while you're in our care, but even afterwards, setting women up and, and kind of arming them with the tools to, to sort of take control? Absolutely. Because when you, someone comes to you with a problem, you're not just telling them how to solve it. You're teaching them about what it is. Um, you're teaching about how their lifestyle or what they do, how can we make that work with them? You know, you're talking about individualized care at its basics. I mean, we want we want to get to know you so that we can help you, um, so that we can make an impact. And then that just helps them long term. I mean, they feel like they have a provider. They have someone that they can go to with questions. Um, and they don't feel stupid asking these questions, or I don't want them to. Or it just gets us set up to keep talking um, and keep learning about what's going on with them right then. So. Well, and I know as someone that has, uh, my wife and I have had two children, especially the first time, that piece of being able to ask a question, and not just one question, not just through a patient portal, not an email question, but a conversation and an ongoing conversation. I think that piece is really important. Yes. I think I have so many appointments all the time that I'm just like, do you guys have any questions? And I will ask you that four or five times. And I realize that you're probably like, did she forget? No, I don't have any questions, but it'll spark something. And then sometimes that five minute appointment turns into 20 minutes that you just have these ongoing things coming up because you're not necessarily thinking and some people are like oh was I supposed to prepare questions and some people come in with lists and I'm like let's go for it let's do it let's get through that list because you want people to be comfortable some people come up with questions early some people later because they just haven't 
dived in. They just haven't looked. Um, so, you know, that's, there's just always a time and an opportunity to expand on anything. I had read a, a study in preparation for this interview um, from the uh, the American College of Nurse Midwives, and uh, it showed that uh, women cared for by certified nurse midwives compared to women of the same risk status cared for by physicians had uh, lower rates of C-sections, lower rates of labor induction and augmentation, uh, reduction in the incidence of third and fourth degree uh, uh, um Perineal tears. Perineal tears. <laughs> Perineal tears. Perineal lacerations, okay. yes. <laughs> um, lower use of, of regional anesthesia and higher uh, higher rates of successful breastfeeding. Yeah. Uh, so we talked about the education piece, and maybe this is too simple a question, but sort of why do you think the midwife approach is, is creating these outcomes? I think let's start from just, you know, just the impact of um, trust, Okay. We have a practice of six midwives, and some people might say, well, I just want one practitioner. And I absolutely understand that, but that practitioner can't be on call 24-7, 365 days a year. (laughs) So it's nice that you kind of have a mix of people. Um, You get to know everybody. You'll definitely have your favorites and the ones that you're like, I don't know about them. (laughs) Um, But once you're in labor and you kind of have that trust there with someone, Um, that can make a huge impact. The other impact that we see is all about continuous labor support. So one of the biggest studies, and it's probably very relative to what you were reading, um, is all about continuous labor support, increasing the rate of spontaneous vaginal deliveries, decreasing C-section rate, and all all of these awesome, awesome stats. Um, and even the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, ACOG, um, they say one of the most effective tools um, that improves labor and delivery outcomes is the continuous, continuous presence of support personnel. So that could be a doula, that could be a midwife, but having that continuous bedside care is invaluable. And some people are like, well, I mean, I don't want you staring at me. And it doesn't have to be like that. We're just helping you transition. When you go into labor, it's not like one thing at a time. You know, it's not it's not one straightforward little curve. You want someone there with you that knows what's happening because we're going to guide you. We're going to help you move through each of these little stages that you're going to go through. And we really pride ourselves on bedside care and that we we fight against things that take us away from the bedside and I think you'll understand you know when even when you hear from the nurses we work with we're there you know like unless the patient's working really well and with her partner and you know you read the room right if people are working together and you just check in and you you know you suggest things they can do Um, you're trying to honor whatever they want to do, Um, whether they want to get an epidural, whether they want a water birth, whether they're like, I don't know, (laughs) and you're just trying to guide them somewhere. Um, That continuous labor support piece is absolutely crucial to what we do, and we, we defend it. We defend it till the end because of the outcomes. And in our um, practice, um, the national average for a C-section rate is 32%. And over the last 10 years, we averaged 10 to 12% in our practice. 
Um, it's amazing. And just this past year, half of our C-section rate were just for breaches and repeat C-sections. So I think it just shows. It shows that, you know, what we do really has an impact. And that's why we're just trying to spread <laughs> the care of the midwife. I mean, we just, we want everyone to have access to that because we see the big, big picture. We see what differences that make. You know, you have so many people are like, I don't want pain. I want a C-section. But when you look at, you know, having, you know, how many kids do you want to have and what impact is that going to make? Um, you know, people who have C-sections, we need C-sections. We need them around. Um, you know, they're, they're a huge part of, um, of modern medicine, and we need them. Um, but if you can avoid them, that's what we want to do to lower your risks lifelong. Um, so, so continuous labor support is, is absolutely the key in that. When you talk about continuous labor support, I can imagine um, physical things that you're doing in terms of helping women reposition or get comfortable or breathing exercises or whatever it might be. What percentage or what aspect of it do you think is maybe mental of just having somebody there that it's huge <laughs> to ask a question or say, I'm nervous it's or whatever absolutely it is? absolutely huge. You know, we definitely have people that, you know, they, we have wonderful nurses, but they don't know the nurses. And so when they say, like, I would really like to talk to Katie about that, or I would like, you know, I would, I would want to think about it. That's all we ask you to do. These are choices that you are making, and we're just trying to help you make the right decision. Um, so really, it, it's always going to be a team thing. Mental preparation is key (laughs) and the more trust that we have with patients the more comfortable they are with decision making um, because they feel like they're getting all the facts they feel like what we're doing is what they would want you know we have people that make birth plans a lot and I always tell people I love it when you make a birth plan or a birth guideline more or less um, to kind of because you've dug in you've seen what's out there what you think you want but most of the time we do all of the things you want anyway um but in case you know if I'm gonna like maybe break your bag of water I'm gonna talk to you about it first I'm gonna let you know what's going on um you know we can be as non-interventive as we like or we can be very interventive um in our practice it's really really awesome because we see a our both practices obstetrics but if any of our patients get let's say gestational diabetes or high-risk things like preeclampsia we have a very unique practice in that we work very closely with our um, OBGYNs and we get to keep our patients we get to we get to do consults we get to collaborate and we get to stay with our patients Um, if our patients go to c-section we stay with our patients we get to provide breastfeeding and skin to skin right after that baby's delivered. I think this is a critical time for the midwives to stay with their patients who have been with us, who trust us. And at that moment, if I have to like, you know, if I would have to leave to be with another patient, it's a critical time for them to be alone. Um, you know, they're, they get scared this wasn't in their plan. Or even if it's a planned C-section, 
they, they'll say, are you guys going to be there? Absolutely, because we understand the importance of staying with you in that continuity. It is really important in our practice. But the other thing is, is that we're helping dad know where he can be, you know, this is, or any partner that's involved. We want, we want them to be involved. This is your birth either way. Um, so we want to, we want to make that special in whatever capacity it is. Um, so we have a very unique practice and that we get to really stay with our patients no matter what's happening. And you touched on it, and I'm curious about um, how you work with the rest of the care team, um, obstetrics and, and whoever, and, and, and the nurses and whoever else might be involved in the care. Because I think, and I know even for, for my wife and I, one of the things that we were um, nervous about, because we didn't know about midwives before we went through a process and, and, and we had midwives help us with our first birth. But I think we had misconceptions of what is a midwife. So I wonder if you could talk about sort of how you coordinate and work with the rest of the quote-unquote traditional care team. absolutely. So we have four OBGYNs right now that take call, and we work super closely with them. And I always remind people they are literally right down the hall. They are steps away. So if I need a consult, if I need a quick ultrasound, I'm not sure what's going on, or just any questions that we might have, they are there for us. Um, One of the biggest reasons I wanted to be be a part of this practice was because of that collaboration. I knew that I was gonna be able to do more high-risk things because we had such a close, tight relationship. Again, kind of going back to the experience that that my wife and I had had with our first child when we decided that that we were gonna choose midwives for our our care, there, there were some some misconceptions in uh, in my mind. I think in my wife's mind of what is a midwife, and um, we talked before this interview of almost thinking of it like is it alternative medicine? Is it? It's almost you know is it outside of Western medicine? And I uh, and none of that really was true uh, as I as I came to find out. But can you talk about sort of one what the training is like to become a midwife and maybe some of those misconceptions that you run into? I think very common misconceptions are that we only do home births. I think that's one of the biggest ones out there. And so when patients come to me, I want them to know they will be having a hospital birth um, because yeah, it does get confusing. Or they're like, I don't want to deliver at home. And I'm like, you don't have to. (laughs) Um, So that's a big misconception. Uh, Most of nurse midwives um, are in the hospital. Um, And when I say nurse midwives, there are many types of midwives across the United States. Um, And really, uh, I'm only an expert in my field. (laughs) So basically, I have um, an RN, a registered nurse degree. Um, And then you go back to school and you get your master's. Um, So that's usually at least three years that you're doing that. and then you have the opportunity to do home births or out of hospital births like birth centers and then hospital births, of course. Uh, I think another big misconception is that we don't prescribe any antibiotics. We don't do any prescriptions. Um, I think people just don't, you know, they they don't really know what we do. Right, like <laughs> if you have a midwife, you can't have an epidural. Yeah, or... yeah. So, and I think 
people, when they first meet us in these new OB visits, they think, well, I like you, you're great, but I want an epidural for sure. And it's like, all right, let that, well, let's have that the plan then, you know. Um, we do all of those things. Because you have a master's of nursing, we are like a nurse practitioner. We see you, we evaluate you, we treat you. Um, but we're definitely, you know, I think the best part about um, our practice is that you're definitely getting to know someone and going back to that individualized care, creating care plans that work for them. Um, but yeah, definitely for birthing, you can have anything from uh, a water birth, you can have a land birth, <laughs> you can have an epidural birth. Um, you know, there it's come what may come what you like and some people don't realize that yeah oh you like standing let's let's birth standing and they're like what what do you mean <laughs> and I remember when I was a student um, you know you start having births and you're like oh yeah this is awesome and and my first three were all standing or squatting I hadn't birthed in the bed and I was like I don't even know I don't even know what to do <laughs> like I, I didn't know how to birth anything that way <laughs> So it kind of took me a little bit to just, you know, even even know how to, you know, birth in the bed. And now I just kind of sit there, sit in it, <laughs> sit in it with them. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we, you know, however you want to birth is how we want you to birth. However you're feeling, um, you know, we just kind of go with it. And you mentioned care sort of beyond the pregnancy. And I think that's another maybe misconception that folks have of, hey, you know, we're with you for nine months and that's pretty much it. Talk about a little bit more about, about what's beyond that. Yeah. So definitely after, I think, you know, just for a timeline sake, when you come back postpartum and you're thinking about possibly doing birth control, um, you know, we place IUDs. So intrauterine devices, most common ones are Mirena and Paragard. Um, you know, we've placed different types of birth control, like Nexplanon. Um, we can do pills, you know, Anything that you really like, we pretty much do, um, because that's a huge part of what women want um, in their family, and, you know, kind of trying to plan or design what they're looking for for the next couple of years. So we do a lot of discussion about all of that, because it's very important. Um, and we're going to do all of your screening exams, so your speculum exams. Um, we definitely have a lot of providers, you know, that at your primary physicals, um, they don't do your pelvic exam anymore. And we have plenty of people that show up and we just do their pelvic exam every year, um, besides just your annual physicals. So it does, it goes way beyond birthing. Um, and I think that's why our patients keep coming back is because they're like, oh, she, she caught my baby. She's going to do this. She's going to do that. And she's the only person I need down there. (laughs) You know, that's how people start to feel. Um, so they just keep coming back and we just welcome it because we love hearing about their kids. We love hearing about what they're doing next. So it's awesome. It's really great. And if you have, uh, let's say, a couple or, or a mother, an expecting mother in your office, and she's kind of trying to make the decision of what route am I really going to go here, or a couple's trying to make a decision of how are we going to proceed here, what would you tell them? Not, not, not a sales pitch, but, but what do you tell folks in that situation about, 
hey, here's what we offer and, and, and here's the advantage? I think the biggest advantage, and I've already really hit on this, is education. I mean, when I talk about things, I want it to be a discussion. I don't want to be telling you exactly what you need to be doing or what you should be doing. Um, we need it's it's an open forum. <laughs> it's an open forum of questions, but we're also trying, you know, we're trying to lead you with the healthiest lifestyle choices that's that are going to work for you um but just above and beyond once you start talking talking to people that they, they really don't want to see anybody else you know because you're you're making that connection and you just get so excited about this pregnancy and you start seeing the future of your pregnancy so um yeah, I don't know. We just captivate them, I guess. <laughs> um, and I definitely tell people um, if they're not sure, they can meet with one of the OBs. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, we love them. <laughs> I mean, we love them. They love us. Um, so we just want them to be comfortable. Um, but honestly, if they if they want that labor support, and that can be in so many forms, but you know, our OBs are surgeons. They have they have consults, they have surgery that they're doing, and we have the privilege of being open to be at your bedside during labor. And I think that that is always a key feature that we point out. We're not coming in to catch your baby. We will be there while you're pushing. We will be there before that and way before that. So once people kind of get that, they're like, oh, yeah, that might be nice. Um, so so I think that that's a big piece of it. Um, and and we appreciate what they do because we need them. But I hope that they appreciate what we do and what we have the privilege of doing and just helping people through this, you know, this time because it can be very impactful it can be very traumatic we talk about birth trauma all the time and sometimes things go wrong and so as long as you have that person there it makes it a little bit easier Um, so I think it's really important what we do and that we're there you're obviously very passionate about what you do I'm curious what kind of was the initial motivation for for pursuing this line of work and what makes you passionate about it (laughs) Uh, I, I think I read, yeah, so I did, my sister definitely gave my cousin, my cousin was pregnant, and this was a really long time ago, and my sister, who is going to school in Madison, gave her a book on Ina Mae Gaskin's Spiritual Midwifery, and I, and if you've read the book, awesome, (laughs) if you've seen it, there's a lot of big 70s pictures in there that are a little scary for some people, (laughs) but I looked at that book, and I was just taken. I mean, I was like, this is what I have to do. And my parents were like, ha ha ha, no way. (laughs) It was like a joke. Um, And so I definitely always thought maybe I'll do like medicine. And then I got really into French and this story could go on and on. But I lived in France for a year and I learned what um, nurse midwives were there. Actually, they were called sage femmes. So they were wise women, which I was like, oh, that sounds cool. And, um, 
So anyway, just kind of <laughs> when I came back, I was like, well, maybe I'll do French. And then I was like, oh, I just like really love this concept of midwifery. And I had no idea what a nurse midwife was. And my parents definitely didn't because they're like, there's no way you're catching babies at home. And, <laughs> you know, they they just thought that was wild. And my dad's a chiropractor. So I was like, you know, man, like you're in the natural field or, you know, so what? And they just, they were like, you're crazy. So um, I ended up going into like a physical therapy, chiropractic type route. So I was like, I loved the way that my dad was able to help people through not really natural medicine, but adjusting and just learning about the body. I think the basics I really take from my dad is education. <laughs> and I talk about it all podcast long. Um, you're really educating people and making them think about their bodies. And and that's all you really need. That's the basics. Um, every morning I had a nutritional lecture. So, <laughs> so I feel like I've been taking it for so long. Now it's time for me to, you know, dole, <laughs> dole it out. Um, but I had this... Um, I had this religions class. I may have said this before, too. I had a religions class um, at UW-Eau Claire, and I'll never forget it. Um, It was just like a world religions, and you had to try out different techniques um, that, uh, that were involved in different religions all over the world. So we had to listen to this um, music for about five minutes, and I wish I knew what it was, and I wish I could redo it again. And you had to close your eyes and just listen to it. And then after it was done, you had to draw a picture. Now, I did this with my husband, my now husband, and he drew this like weird spoon, like <laughs> like dripping out gold or something. I don't know. But um, mine was just hands on this womb. It was like this hill and it was obviously a mother's belly. And it was my hands. And I was like, this is crazy. And I was like, this is what I have to do. And I had just met my husband that year. And I think it was all perfect timing because his mom had had all of her children with nurse midwives. And I don't think she'll ever forget or I'll ever forget when I was like, I have, I think that's what I have to be. I have to be that. And I, you know, I knew that they were in the hospitals. I knew that there was advanced training. I brought it to my parents. I think they were still a little like, okay, I mean, you're going to do what you're doing. <laughs> and and it was awesome. Like, I finally felt like that was my goal. That was what I wanted to do. Um, so that is really my story <laughs> of how I got into it. And it can be a long story, but I think it was just, it was very much of like a magical thing for me. And it was, and, you know, I'll never, yeah, I can always count on my husband to be like, yeah, it was all because of me. <laughs> I did that. <laughs> um, so, so yeah, that's how I, I knew. And I went through nursing school. Um, and with my first labor and delivery job, I definitely thought it was really, you know, kind of the factory women were in and out. And it, it was, it was different than what I expected <laughs> because I started out with this Ina Mae Gaskin, kind of like, this is what birthing should be like. And my first clinical rotations um, for labor were with this set of midwives that I work with now. And I will always remember after being there, even just a week, just 
just being tearful, like I am now, <laughs> about how I thought this is where I belong. This is what birthing should be like. And I'm obviously exhausted from call and very emotional. <laughs> and and it was it was just like, aha. It was an aha moment that this is what I was born to do. This is what I... I wanted women to be respected and give them the opportunity to have these power, powerful, powerful moments. And it's really, it's really them that make me passionate because I can talk all day long about what I do, but what they do for me is like even bigger. I mean, when you get the opportunity to see whether it's two people two partners or their family change. I mean, when you get to see that and help them, oh, there's nothing like it. There is nothing more satisfying than saying, oh, look at her. Like, look how beautiful she is. Um, And it can be when she's, you know, showing me strength through, like, a natural birth, whether she's finally doing it in her epidural birth. I mean, it doesn't matter what it is. We see so much strength in women, you know, when they go through losses. I mean, you really see their power and how and how well they just, they, they can recoup over time. And we love being a part of that. You know, when you finally see someone who has suffered losses and then they get pregnant or they make the decision to adopt, you love being a part of that story or not even a part of the story but witnessing those stories come to life Um, so it's really the women that we see that keeps that passion going you know we get tired (laughs) like I am right now we get tired and you know you get the clinic day to day and the demands of just working and then it's like you get these moments with people that you just are, they're just indescribable. They're wonderful. And um, I think once you, you know, I love projects like this because it makes me like really like, oh, yes, it's so great what we do. It's so awesome. So, yeah, it, you know, it's really the people that we serve. They show us so much. Katie Vandries, thanks so much for joining us on the rounds. It was really a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. And I just loved, I love talking about it. So come back anytime to Eau Claire. Great. Thank you. The Rounds is produced by Ryan Matterick and supported by the Marketing and Communications Department of Marshfield Clinic Health System. You can subscribe to The Rounds and download episodes via iTunes or by visiting shine365.marshfieldclinic.org. I'm Adam Hawking, and I hope you'll join us next time on The Rounds.